Welcome to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Each week on this program, Jeff and his guests share their expertise, personal anecdotes, and the latest industry news to keep you in the loop. Now to provide you with insight and help you navigate the consistently changing world of real estate lending, here is your host for The Mortgage Voice, Jeff Barton. Welcome, everybody. I am Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thank you very much for tuning in, for watching, for listening. We are on five stations in a number of different places from Albuquerque up to Lake Tahoe. And I wanted to bring Daryl on just to talk a little bit about the fire that's going on up there and how it's impacting not only him, but, uh, you know, everybody up there. How's it going up there, Daryl? How are you? Well, uh, everybody, everybody's been evacuated from town. It's not just sections of the area. It's like everybody, which is... The local population is probably about 30,000 people, but then you put the vacationers on top of that, you've got another 100. Right? So you got about 120,000 people trying to share a two-lane road in and out. And um, you know that the fire has been there before. It'll be there again. People are, I'm not going to say anybody's used to it, but it's, uh, it's tough going. There's no electricity, and uh, things uh, are headed back to normal, I think, as they're starting to lighten the mandatory evacuation down to... It's just uh, something they would prefer you do at this point. So it's a scary thing, isn't so it? it? Fire is scary. And yeah. It moves fast. Yeah, it does. And I'm. It's not predictable. It's not. Uh, we had that same situation. I guess anybody in fire areas, and I guess that would encompass everybody on the West Coast, uh, certainly within our radio listening audience. Certainly. Yeah, and so uh, uh, the one thing I wanted to touch on because it. it um, relates to uh, lending and mortgages is that uh, the federal government and a lot of lenders will put out a, uh, especially the ones that are acting as uh, warehouse lines for either lenders or major banks, they put out a list of areas that are, you know, you're not allowed to lend in anymore because of that. And I, I mean anymore, I mean immediately. I mean, if there's a fire in your area or one headed your way or in your county, normally what they'll do is they will suspend any fundings for that day that week that however long the period lasts that there is fire fire danger or imminent if you're in that situation uh and you're anxious about not only the fire of course but of of your loan and whether it's going to close you really need to contact the lender or you can go to i believe fannie mae and freddie mac if it's a, a conventional type loan they also have their restricted areas that they will or will not lend in um the local hmm, who else would have that I guess, yeah, your lender is the best bet, your loan officer, somebody that is uh, intimately involved with the funding of the loan. Uh, I know it's stressful. The fire itself is stressful, having been through it myself in 18 in my local area. Yeah, it's scary. And when it happens, everything seems to uh, collide. Uh, and what I mean by that is it's not orderly. It's not um, – okay. So I, I work for this company uh, it's not a company. It's a, a group called CERT, C-E-R-T. It's a community-based organization. It's a national organization. You have to go through some training. It's about locals helping out locally when there are disasters. So we've had several trainings, and this is only indicative of what I think goes on in any disaster. Even the professionals have issues with it. So this CERT group gets together, and we, uh, on a monthly basis, do drills so I'm involved with them, and I, I've had a lot of training in many different areas of uh, uh, both emergency preparedness as well as, uh, I guess, de-escalation of emotional and uh, you know, events that involve uh, shooters and things like this. Anyway, 
we have this event. We go down to the local area that we're supposed to set up. And I'm telling you, two and a half hours later, we're just standing there talking. I'm like, why, why don't we serve drinks and have a cocktail party? It's sometimes the best laid plans, right? It just goes sideways. We had 22 of us standing around there for two and a half hours. I think a lot of that happens in disasters. I remember during the fire when uh, I was there the second day, not the primary day, but the second day, and throughout the week that the entire area was still shut down, locals needed what they needed, and so we had set up an area uh, – with, uh, on uh, the area where I live, the local school, and we're handing out food supplies and uh, charging phones, and um, there were all kinds of supplies. But it was it was haphazard. It wasn't organized, but it was community-based. There was no real authority there, and they kept driving by the actual authority saying, what are you doing here? And we're saying, we're, we're helping, people, helping people, so they just left. I think that happens a lot. But for you who are in a situation where you're trying to buy a home or you're trying to sell a home, and these loans are so critical to whatever you're going to be doing, either in the future by leaving and going somewhere else or by moving in, you need to check with your lender. It's very, very important. Okay, let's look at some of the things going on in the mortgage market. 2.91 is the 30-year fix. 2.37 is the 15-year. 2.62 is FHA. 3.07 is the jumbo loan. And 2.78 is the 5-1 arm. Now, there are many different products. These are the highlight products that we hit each and every week. And if you've listened consistently, you'll see that these rates this week are as low as they've been ever. Uh, coincidingly with the, uh, the rise of the stock market, you might think the, con the country and the economy is in great shape. Well, it may be, it may not be. But it is a good time if you can afford the monthly uh, the house prices. Now, one thing about house prices is when there's demand, people seem to fall all over themselves to pay as much as they can. Luckily, the rates are down, so it doesn't cost as much as it would if rates obviously were 35 4%, 5%, which is still very low, but obviously doubling the percentage that you're going to play in your uh, interest rate in your mortgage is, is uh, eliminating a lot of people from this particular buyer pool. We have seen house prices record gains and um, almost double digit uh, per year for the last three months, meaning that the previous year was 10% uh, uh, less. And that was, of course, in June, July, and this will be August. This will also happen. How long can these uh, double digit year over year uh, price increases last? It's hard to say because we're not quite sure how long the Fed will continue to prop up the mortgage interest rates, by propping up, I mean keeping them artificially low. And as I said, these rates are unbelievably low, lowest of they've almost ever been. Although that the 2.3715 year and the 2.62 FHA, they're, they're unbelievably low. The 3.07 jumbo loan seems to always be hovering between 3.6, 3.06, and 3.13. See, for the last four months, it's been kind of like that. But these prices, how long they can last and... Uh, where's your part in it? We do see that the uh, the summer, uh, the end of the summer, which is where we are, kids going back to school, August 31st, September 1st, first week of September, all of these things are happening now, and so we're going to see kids back to school and the housing market soften somewhat simply because there aren't as many buyers out there, or you have moved, or you're not going to move because your children have to be in school somewhere. Now, everybody wants their kids back in school, and I think that's a good thing. 
Um, I'm, I'm not sure where everybody in my particular listening audience stands on vaccines, vaccine mandates, mass, mass mandates, all of that. But the safer you feel about your own situation and your children, wherever they are, uh, the more you are apt to go out and take your mind somewhere else, either looking for a new house, maybe shopping for a mortgage, certainly a new car, some other things. So if you're in one of these areas, which is demanding that you have it, and most of Southern California is, now our listening audience, Albuquerque, as I said, up to Lake Tahoe, and certainly in Southern California, in the Inland Empire, and also in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, all of these places carry with them mass mandates at this present moment. I think Albuquerque may be a little different. I think it's a little bit more voluntary in some of the other areas, but most are mandatory, and as we know, the the vaccine is uh, prevalent in, in these areas, although some of the areas not as much as others. And I bring it up not to be political, but to say, hey, look, if you're in these areas and you are feeling good about yourself and your family and the security, you're more apt to go out and look for a house than if you're not. Reason is, is because people who show houses, people who have you in their house, want to know what the status of the particular borrower, buyer, uh, seeker of your, their house is uh, what, before they let them in the house. So a lot of this has to do with everybody's comfortable uh, feeling about selling a house, the seller, the agents, the, the loan officer, as well as you, the buyer. Uh, let's see, what else is going on? We see investor share of home purchases in decline. Now, we're, we're going to go back to 2008, 9, and 10. And what we had in those years uh, was investors up to Half of the properties sold in America were bought by investors. That, that is down and replaced by the single mom-and-pop investor, which was traditionally the market and how it was handled uh, throughout the years. Anyway, I'm Jeff Martin, your voice in the mortgage industry. Uh, we'll be back, and uh, I really appreciate you tuning in and listening each and every week. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Martin. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show. Each and every week, we bring to you terrific guests, people who are knowledgeable in the industry. Now, our industry is made up of many different factions. Usually, if you're a borrower or a buyer or a seller, you need certain services in order to complete the transaction. Everybody knows about title and title insurance and a bunch of other things, but tucked in there and uh, in Southern California, which is separate, is uh, escrow. And... Um, when people think of escrow, they're not quite sure what it is, what it does, and I thought I'd bring the expert that we have uh, in our archives to the show to tell us a little bit about uh, what the business is, how he's doing, and some of the intricacies of the uh, problem solving that he does. Ronnie Montana, of course, from Contact Escrow. Ronnie, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thanks hey, thank you very much, and thanks for coming on to the show. I know you're busy. Briefly describe what it's been like the last six, eight months. Uh uh chaotic uh, definitely uh not normal i yeah. do not know what's going on with this market especially with covid we kind of thought everything would slow down but in fact it has done the opposite and prices are through the roofs uh we're slammed we're you know refis you guys been very busy with stuff keeping right. us busy and just a lot of sales going on uh but obviously everything is clearly overpriced and above asking on whatever the listing price is 
right. going for higher than that, unfortunately. Yes. Now, I know you work uh, primarily out in the Ventura County area, but your escrow and your abilities uh, reach nationally, I think. Can you describe to us whether it's more of a, like, like you were saying, is it more purchase? Is it refi? Is it all things in between? Yeah. Right, yeah, good question. Uh, I would say the bulk right now of our business is sales, luckily, which is uh, it's our good. bread and butter, where yep. we do better and uh, and enables us to, you know, expand our business by showing people how we work and able to get more stuff. But right now, it's sales. Uh, we're mainly only specifying in California right now. I mean, we were doing out of state, but then that turned out to be a little hectic because every state is different yep. uh, with their requirements and or documents. So we've kind of just narrowed it down to sticking to all of California, and then that's just keeping us plenty busy right now. Okay, describe the job. What does escrow do? How do people understand yeah. simply what you do? I know you quarterback everything in the transaction, yeah. but give us a, uh, I guess, layman's terms. Uh, what do you do so people can understand? Absolutely. That's a great one. Uh, yeah, I guess the best analogy would be we are the quarterbacks where uh, we definitely need the whole team to succeed, but we kind of run point on getting everyone we need. So in the case of a sale, we deal with the buyers, the sellers, and you know, coordinating all the documents that we need to facilitate the transaction. And then obviously we're going to be working with um, the buyer's lender in order to expedite their file to get it to loan documents. Um, also cleaning up the preliminary title report. So we deal with title at times to, you know, if the seller has any judgments or payoffs, we're making sure all that's all clear and ready before closing. Uh, so once we get the buyer's loan docs, and it's usually just sign the buyers via mobile notary, get docs back, and then work with the lender for funding. And then once the file funds, then we set it up to record the next day, and that's when the file's, you know, recorded and closed once we get confirmation. And then we disperse and get everybody paid, cut checks, money to sell it, uh, you know, get the brokers and agents paid and all that good stuff. And it's, it's finalized after that. You know, we have a lot of buyers, certainly from out of states, uh, a lot of East Coast people who really don't understand why you're not all sitting around a table and passing documents <laughs> around. Of course, we've never done yeah. that in Southern Cal, but now with COVID, um, how has it been working without seeing the clients? Yeah, that's been something new. Uh, it's actually kind of made things slightly easier sometimes. Right. Just with um, <laughs> right. Know, the technology they have out there, DocuSign has become my best friend. And, Me too. And a lot yep. of clients have actually think it's maybe easier for them to just access on their phone the documents they need, you know, uh, and answer all the questions that we need. Uh, for the most part, we really only need um, originals from a seller, and that would mainly just be the grant deed and or any notarized documents. Uh, but for the most part, we can DocuSign mostly everything else. It's secure. It's, uh, you know, they have to log in. It's all tracked and all that stuff. So um, it's kind of a little easier. Some people are still scared to sign docs and meet with notaries right. and stuff. But all our notaries are taking the precautions, um, definitely masking up. And, and some people sign outside or, or right. meet at a Starbucks or something. And that all helps expedite it uh, for the most part. Do you see technology being a barrier between generations, i.e., I'm an old guy, so people my right. age may have some resistance to it, whereas anybody under 40 years old is like, yeah, no problem, I'll do it on my phone. Do you, what, do you, what is your understanding of it? Do you see the same thing? You know, like uh, I'm lucky enough to work with my mom here, and she's definitely doing escrow for 40-plus years, and she refuses to use DocuSign. So there's definitely a <laughs> barrier there. I have to do all her signings for her if the clients want that. Um, but I would say, yeah, they, you know, we get our old school people that are just like, you know what, 
don't send me anything. Give me hard copy. Just FedEx me a package, and uh, we do that no problem. And I just kind of highlight where I need them to sign. I give them a return FedEx label. I have a mobile notary service, uh, Doc Pros, which we use, and right. they can set up a notary to go sign the client. So, you know, we take a case by case where we're good either way. If they want DocuSign, we handle that, or even hard copies. Or some people want both, so then we do both, and we just whatever makes it easier for everyone. You know, we're we're down. You know, uh, experience. I hear it in your voice. I I know it from the experience, especially when you go through times where you're just slamming it for months upon month after month. How has it been for you and your company? I know you were a startup several years ago. You're probably over 10 years in business now with Contact Escrow. Uh, How has the business been? Where have you seen the growth areas? Where have you seen it struggle? Oh, nice. Good question. Uh, so, yeah, we opened up in uh, 2000, and the market actually right. crashed. Uh, right. You know, and then uh, <laughs> we ended up adapting, and I was doing a lot of short sales. Right. Uh, that was when all those foreclosures were happening, so I kind of took my time to learn that system and specialize in that. Uh, then the short sales went away, and then refi boom kind of hit, so then the sales were slow, but then the refis kept us busy. Um, and then now this refis are still kind of steady but dipping a little and then it seems we're back in the seller's market where you know the market's up i mean people are overpaying for properties but if they want it they got to do that unfortunately so but what we've been finding now is um sellers who are trying to close concurrently on another property like they want to upgrade or or downsize or whatnot they're actually having trouble with inventory there's um i've had two sales fall out because the seller just couldn't find another property to move to Right. Um, so that's a bit problematic for them, or we've been seeing a lot of people selling out of California and, like you say, move, moving back east. I mean, they just right. want that the cheaper value and, you know, get more bang for your buck out there, I guess. So uh, it's, it's all over the place right now. It's up right now, and we're riding this wave, so I just hope it stays consistent, but uh, inventory's got to be the biggest issue, I would say, right now. Okay, now, w- one of the good things about what escrow does is they're kind of neutral, so if there are problems that come up either between a buyer and seller or issues with the lender or or, or how many other issues come up within the transaction, the transaction, explain a little bit about how you can not only help, but also stay impartial. Yeah, not good one, too. Um, so, exactly, we're, we're the middleman, we work with all parties, and uh, we, you know, just try to facilitate both sides. Sometimes we do get conflicting instructions, and at yep. that point we need to take a step back and make sure agents are involved and, like, look, guys, you need to tell us, and we'll take the guidance from you. That's why they're called escrow instructions, because that's <laughs> what we do is take instructions. Yep, <laughs> yep. They, you know, do sometimes seller wants this, buyer wants that, and we got to find common ground uh, to just make sure you know, that the agents are involved and, and they're helping facilitate, you know, what both sides want and you know, if they can't come to an agreement, they got to kind of figure something out or we're kind of on hold at that point. You know, um, I've had agents email me like, oh, seller's going to give a credit, and then I send out an amendment, and then agent's like, uh, we didn't agree to that yet, we're still negotiating. So right. like, we always found it's best, okay, well, let's double-check on both sides. Are we certain with this? Is it still negotiating? Uh, you know, and just try to always make sure we're keeping all the information fair and, and current to both sides, and then... You know, they they got to kind of guide us along the way, and we'll get it done. Hey, we have about uh, one minute left. Could you just give us a way by which somebody who wants to use a terrific escrow company, great escrow officer, can get in touch with you, and the best way to do that? Oh, you're awesome. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. Um, yeah, so, again, my name is Ronnie Montana here at Contact Escrow in Ventura, California. 
uh, the phone number for us, 805-482-4663, or you can reach me on my email, which is escrowg at gmail.com. And any questions or, you know, anything like that, we can definitely help out. And if you need a loan, you know, hit up Malibu Funding and Jeff, and they'll take care of you. Awesome. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks very much. And, and say hi to your family for me. I really appreciate so, yeah. that. Okay, that's no worries, okay. That's Ronnie Montana from Contact Escrow. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I am Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. And thanks very much for tuning into the show once again. We bring all kinds of people on the show. We always try to help you with your decisions. You know, it's the end of the summer, yes, but there are some opportunities still left in the marketplace. Obviously, with inventory rising a little bit because uh, there's a pause for school, there's a pause for COVID, there's a pause for weather-related, whether it's hurricanes or fires. There is rising inventory, even though we have, uh, you know, rise also in the equity in most homes. We have low, low interest rates. How is this affecting you and how are you going to make your decisions? You need experts to do that. Uh, I bring to the show once again another expert. She's been on the show several times. Um, once a couple, three weeks ago, I think. Wasn't that right, Celia? Yeah, it was not too long ago. Absolutely. Okay, and uh, she joins us again, Celia Rios from Impact Mortgage. How are you? I'm doing really well and good. Thank you for having me again. Always enjoying listening to your radio. Thank you. Good hot tips. Hey. <laughs> That's very nice. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, Impact, what do they do? How do they do it better? And uh, how are you helping solve some problems for borrowers? Well, I think one of the biggest things that you're seeing in our shift of our industry is um, this whole, what they call non-qualified mortgages, yep. short terms non-QM. And it's for everyone that's self-employed, and what's really frustrating, I've been in this business forever since SNL days, <laughs> is you have some of these leaders coming and saying, oh, we took subprime from prior to the crash, and we just, you know, put our new guidelines on it, subprime, and I'm like, it's not subprime. Right. It's not hard money loans. It's for the people that have the high credit scores. It's for your mass affluent high net worth. So our baby boomers are house rich, lots of money in reserves in the bank, but they can't afford to buy down. Right. You know, so yep. we do have some laws of protection. It says, okay, you know, we'll keep your property taxes the same, but still, I mean, right. for me to move down to something, you know, more easier for me, I, you know, I have to spend a million dollars in Orange County. So we have these programs that are as competitive as your regular mortgages. Right. I mean, it, you know, I have cash buyers that I go out and I talk to them and I said, you're a cash buyer. Let us open up escrow on the side. Let me do um, a bank statement program where you give me three months or 12 months, whatever it is you like. That's your qualifying mortgage. So you've now pulled out a million dollars out to purchase this home, and your you know money manager is kind of depressed. I come in. I say, <laughs> hey, I'll give you 60 70% of that money back. Right. They're excited. They got the house. They you know The money manager is loving me because, what, we got more business back? So that's kind of what I've been kind of working at and doing more and more of these days that I absolutely love. You know, I think 
When you're talking about equity in a home, uh, equity has risen so much in the past couple of years, and many older older people who don't want to move but yet need access to that money, and they don't have the income to really go to a traditional conventional loan with Fannie or Freddie. These kind of loans, bank statement loans or asset-based loans or um, you know other types of loans that we're talking about here for non-QM, is the answer. And the rates aren't all that bad. No, I'm telling you, I'm doing them in the threes. Right. In the threes. And, and people right. are shocked. In the threes. And I'm like, okay, you know, it wasn't too long ago we were excited about getting a four percent rate. Yep. A four and a quarter rate. No, exactly. You know, money's very inexpensive and you're not getting that in a savings account. You're not getting that No. <laughs> so to me, yeah, I mean it's you know, most of my loans that I that I am actually doing today, it is just that. It's, especially after COVID, even your most conservative are like, I need to have my house work for me. Even to put money back into my house because, you know, it needs work. Well, I had a friend who was telling, talking to me about inflation. Now, we all know that uh, there's an argument out there whether uh, inflation is uh, permanent or whether it's transitory. Both those things, uh, I'm not much of an economist, but I at least can read the headlines. So I know that if I borrow today and inflation continues, that the money I borrow today will be worth more than the money I have to pay back later. And so, Absolutely. right. And so anybody in that world will understand taking on debt is not a bad thing at this time. The problem with a lot of borrowers that I see, especially foreign borrowers, borrowers don't want to show you every piece of income that they make. And so they prefer to give you bank statements or some other kind of loan uh, qualification. Uh, are you saying that as well? Absolutely. And you know what I think a lot of it has to do? It's even just your regular, you know, I see my regular mom and pop around here, which I'm now at that age, so I guess it's me. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's this whole fear of my information right. that no one's taking care of. Right. No, I, I think right? so I think there's a great deal of fear. I don't want to do all that. Right. I want to use the minimum. And, that's, and you know what? And now, you know, technology, you know, I, I think we've done a horrible job in the industry in regards to technology, and you're starting to see that now people are starting to change it, where, you know, you'll see, we're, we're not going to even ask you for copies anymore. We're just going to go in with your authorization and be able to communicate with the banks. The bank will be like, okay, great, just like your credit report, and they will give us the information without you having to get copies. It goes to this person, to that person, you know, right. even scanning and all that, right? So I think that's with technology and the, the reality of these non-QM loans, non-qualified loans, um, the rates don't go up. They're not like the qualified loans where, you know, what the bond market is doing today, yep. oh, the did wrong. These are very consistent. You know where you're at. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I think that's true, too. I think, you know, they're still getting 30-year um, uh, amortized loans, but because of the, the rate is slightly higher, it doesn't really move that much. So today, a 3.25% loan is probably going to be a 3.25% loan next week, whereas you might get you know, a 30-year fixed rate in the conventional side raised by basis points on a daily, depending on what the bond market is doing, or you know, if they taper, which is what they're planning to do, which I don't know whether that's going to affect uh, the non-QM market rates. Uh, what, what's your feeling on that? No, actually, um, you know, every meeting that we have, even with our money market guys, they're so like, we can't wait for the QM loan rates to come yep. up because then the floodgates are going to open up because ours will not change. Well, I also think that the non-QM market, because when the rates go up, and if you still maintain this 
whatever difference it is, non-QM is way more attractive for many people. And if you are not able, because they have raised the rates, to get a loan on the conventional side, you've got to go non-QM. I think it's going to be a boom for the industry. It totally is. And actually, you know, because of COVID, we're behind, you know, you know, COVID really put us behind about two years. Okay. Not, not six months, not, it put us behind two years. So that's what you're going to see. And, and you know, I, I talk to people every day going like, hey, I want to make a shift. You know, I'm in the business, but I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you really need to align yourself with a company that's going to offer everything. Right. And here's my only thing that I have. If you go to to someone that was just strictly a non-QM lender, and now they're going to dabble, and they're, okay, we're going to do VA, FHA, to me, it's almost a disaster waiting to happen because you don't have the same underwriting skills. Versus if you were QM and then you brought in non-QM, you get it. So I can handle, I know there has to be two different types of, of operations. Absolutely. And and because non-QM really is much more of a hands-on underwriting process versus maybe a more automated auto, uh, underwriting process for conventional loans, you have to have the expertise in both. And, and you know, it's, there's exceptions that were unheard of. You know, it really takes me back to my SML days when we right. have loan committee. We totally um, have loan committee today. And wow. you know what, it seems like, you know what, you need to have that. You need to look at the individual bar. You need to look, you know, this, this, you know automated was great, but what did, it, what did it tell us? We all went for the cream to the crop. All lenders wanted, you know, my 700 Easy. plus right. credit scores, right. my low LTVs. And so we created, you know, disparity. No, I agree with you 100%. Listen, we have about a minute left. you want to shout out your phone okay. number, a way by which people can get a hold of you if they need a great loan from Impact? Sure, 949-903-2881. Email address? Celia Rios. It's Celia, C-E-L-I-A dot Rios, R-I-O-S, at I-M-P-A-C mail dot com, impactmail.com. Excellent. Okay, I really appreciate it, Celia, for coming on the show once again. Always a pleasure and always uh, have a, a lot of information for our listeners. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. That was Celia Rios from Impact Mortgage, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in to the show once again to hear what we have to say about both mortgages, opportunities, things that occur on your property, things that you need to know about. We talked a little bit about the fire up in Tahoe, uh, about weather conditions, how they affect the property. We also um, uh, always talk about how we can make your experience better by making sure that the property itself that either you're trying to sell or that you envision making in the future is to uh, the standard that you want to live in. Now, that's hard for some people. I'm not a visual person, so if I walk in and see it, great, but I can't sit there, think about it, and know what it's going to look like. We hire experts to do that, like we do in everything else. Uh, and with us today to talk about design, to talk about uh, 
different things that you might be able to do to stage your house or to be able to look at and see what you can do with it. Uh, we usually have Brendan on in the spring, but uh, we were kind enough, he was kind enough to uh, come now because he's been so busy. Brendan McBreen, and uh, he's a designer for uh, himself out in the Malibu, California area. Brendan, how are you? I'm good, Jeff. How are you doing? You know, I'm okay. Thanks. I'm a little tired. It's hot today, a little bit humid, but I appreciate you pulling over and uh, giving us 10 minutes of your time. Sure. Okay, let, let's ask some basic questions just so people understand uh, what we're talking about. Staging a house for sale. What do you recommend when you go into a house? How, how can you help somebody say, hey, look, this might be better if it wasn't here, or maybe you should paint, or just simple things like that. How would you advise well, I mean, somebody? I think you, I think you should take a look and um, make sure it's not too cluttered. I think that's a big thing. Um, if there's too much stuff around, um, I would try to minimize the personal kind of effects, you know, possibly um, stash family pictures and things like that. You, there's a fine line between a place feeling kind of lived in and homey and just kind of cluttered and distracting. No, I think that's. Um, I think that particular aspect of it is true in many homes that I go in, especially when I take a buyer in there. You know, they don't want to look at someone else's home. They want to look at a space that they might live in. And I think what you're right. saying is that's the fine line you have to do. And how, how is it that you can communicate that without insulting someone? Well, I think you just kind of, you know, um, make them understand they're looking to sell the property. So, you know, they're going to have to make some concessions. And... Um, you know, the, the the personal effects are just a little too much. Right. And as I said, I do think they're distracting. I think people end up walking around and looking at the picture of, you know, Grandma with the kitty. Right. And um, <laughs> they're not seeing, you know, a nice view outside or right. a nice fireplace or, you know, something like that. Now, uh, do, you, do you work with photographers, people that come in and take photographs of the house? I think a lot of that went on and has been going on during COVID. Are you finding uh, the use of those types of, um, I guess, ways to show a house is more effective than an in-person at this point? Yeah, I think so. I think it's real important because I think a lot of people, the preliminary uh, that they have of the house is from pictures online. Um, you know, an easy thing for the owner-seller to do, um, you know, everybody's got access to an iPhone now, is just take some pictures yourself and really study the pictures and see, you know, oh, you know, maybe that bedspread doesn't work on the bed or, you know, I should get rid of the desk there. And, you know, it's an easy way to sort of stage your own pictures before, you know, it's, you, know you really start staging things. And and working with other professionals, do you find it easier or harder during the COVID period? I.e., you have to work with real estate agents, or you have to work with uh, contractors or other people, especially when you're remodeling a house for sale versus just dressing it. Well, I mean, the the situation with COVID it goes both ways. Um, the supply chain is horrendous, right? Um, but you know, the people are in their homes and they want things done, so the work's still there. Um, was just looking today for some outdoor fabrics for a client, and some of the things I were pick, I was picking out are forty week lead times. Oh my gosh! For for outdoor fabrics, which is crazy. That so, is, you know, I, I make a real point that I don't show a client anything that I already haven't done the legwork to see if it's in stock or not, because I don't want to, you know, 
set them up for disappointment. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because the work I think designers do, a lot of people say, hey, you know what, what is this? It's an opinion, it's this and that. It's a lot more than that, especially when you're looking and working with people who have to go in and do the work, i.e. you need a contractor to rebuild some part of the kitchen or a cabinet person or a finisher. All of these trades which are out there are really endemic to what you do. And so... Oh, for sure. You know, there's there's drapery guys, there's right. upholstery guys, there's flooring guys. I mean, it's all... Um, you know, a contractor or a designer does do one thing. I mean, there's a huge umbrella that they've got to, um, you know, then work with all the different subcontractors. Now, in, in a town like Malibu, where you have old ranch-style homes plus mega mansions and everything in between, what do you see as a, a, a hot color or something that may be a trend happening that maybe uh, you could clue us in on? Well, I, I think a big trend right now is um, painting the exterior of your house a darker color, um, like almost even black. Huh. Um, you know, a black house to me looks a little severe, right. but, um, you know, a super dark gray house or a real dark green house or a dark, dark bronzy iron kind of color um, is real popular right now and, um, you know, is, is interesting. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. The choice of colors, uh, do you think it coincides with uh, you know the way the buyers are seeing it, or is this just somebody trying to push the envelope on what they view? Um, well, I, th- I think the past couple of years you've seen endless um, white houses with you know kind of the modern sort of farmhouse look. Yes, which is you know a white house, white clapboard, or yep. white brick with um, black trim windows, and so this is just a way. Um, uh, you know, you can kind of make your house look a little more distinctive, possibly. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, we're having a bit of an issue with with our video here, but which is fine. Um, we're going to restart it. Uh, when we're talking about uh, designing, the design element, you work directly with the contractors and the seller to come up with a design that you, I guess you know, uh, uh, work on with them? I mean, uh, what I'm trying to say is, how is it that you all work together? What portion of the design process are you involved with? And do you get involved with everybody from the architect through the, you know, uh, contractor? It's any and all that. Okay. Uh, I recently, you know, met with a client uh, with a a house in Malibu, and he wanted me to just walk through, and, uh, you know, we we started a discussion about you know, I felt he should change the windows. He didn't think, he didn't want to spend that money, so what could we do to make the windows better? I see. Um, you know, we, we went through that whole, we really picked the house apart, and it really was a, you know, a back and forth, and ultimately, uh, we did a bunch of stuff to the house. We didn't change the windows, and the house sold for above asking price the day it went on the market. Okay, that's another good point. Flipping houses. Do you see a lot of clients that you work with that come into an area like a Malibu, a very expensive area, see a house for whatever the price is and say, okay, what can we do to make this house worth this new number? Like you come in for two, you want to make it three, you only want to spend two and a half, how do we get there? Right, do that all the time. Okay, excellent. So, how, how's the back and forth on that? I mean, do you are you constantly like uh, fighting about what should be done and shouldn't be done, or do, does the well, client I mean, first, let you? First of all, I try to you know, as a designer, I need to be really respectful of the clients and you know their finances. Of course, you know the, the, the worst thing for me would be to go in and be real presumptuous and just start 
so and you need to do this, you need to do that. Right, right. So we really start a dialogue. And, you know, I'm, I'm always honest, though. It's not going to do me any good to, uh, you know, not be forthright. That's what they're paying me for. But, um, you know, uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned in this other house, you know, I felt it was really important that they change the windows. Right. The client didn't want to take that expense on. And so we went back and forth. We figured out a couple of different things. We painted. We changed some window trim. Um, you know, we did things like that. And he was happy. He didn't have to... Um, pay to have the windows replaced and the end result was you know it was a very successful project and he sold the house for a nice profit excellent listen we're up against it could you shout out or let people know how they can get in touch with you especially if they need this kind of quality service uh well um uh, my email is uh brendan j mcbreen at gmail.com that's the best way to get a hold of me okay could you spell that out for me because i think some people yes, can't uh, b-r-e-n-d-a-n the letter J, McBreen, M-C-B-R-E-E-N, at gmail.com. Brendan, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thanks, I always Jeff. learn something. Thank Thanks very much. Drive safe. Good talking to you. Thank Good you. talking to you. Okay, I'm Jeff Barton, your Bye. voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in, for listening each and every week. We have a number of ways by which you can listen to the show. We're on the five radio stations in three different states. Uh, the, the markets are Albuquerque and Las Vegas and Southern California in the Inland Empire, Riverside, San Bernardino's counties, as well as a little L.A. and uh, Orange County, as well as up in the Tahoe area. Hope those people are doing okay there. Um, and uh, let's see, did I get everybody? Albuquerque, too. I, I think I got all those. Appreciate you listening each and every week. We're also on podcasts, about eight or nine different podcasts. Uh, Daryl, do you have a list of those for us? I do, Jeff. Oh, it's um, Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Radio.com, YouTube, and Podclips.io. Excellent. Podclips.io is a new a uh, place where you can go and listen to a number of different podcasts. I was on there the other day. I was in the, <clears throat> the health section. Uh, our buddy Mark has got a great show on there. I think it's in the health section. Is that right? Yeah, he talks about diet and, and how you can actually improve what you're doing. talks about the latest topics. So check out that. And I'm also in the finance section, uh, the Mortgage Voice. All of these are available, podclips.io. And YouTube is where you can see this show. We shoot the show for both TV and some of the radio affiliates have video feeds. So YouTube, Jeff Martin, the Mortgage Voice. That's where you'll find me and hundreds of other shows. Uh, TheMortgageVoice.com is another place. And, of course, the sponsor of the show, MalibuFunding.net is another place where you can not only get information about loans, but you can also see a number, maybe 40, 50, 60 different loan officers, what they do, who they are, and make a good choice for your particular lending needs. Uh, today's show, let's see, it has been good. We heard from Ronnie Montana and from Contact Estro. Now, one of the things about uh, Southern California, which is a bit unique for from most of the, the country, and, and we talked about this too, is that uh, escrow and title are separated. In most parts of the country, the, when, when you say, hey, you know what, uh, I'm going into escrow or I need to you know, contact title to open escrow, because it's in the same building. Now, it's two different jobs, and as we learned, escrow itself has many different responsibilities depending on how um, uh, you allow them to work for you, whether you're a buyer or seller, whether you're just uh, making other uh, 
other choices to to what you need to do. Maybe maybe you're just trying to uh, record a deed. Maybe you're trying to do a quit claim deed. Maybe you're just doing a refinance. There's all kinds of reasons why you would use escrow versus escrow title. Um, and I thought it's it, it's a good explanation and one I think Ronnie did a good job on. We want to talk to we did talk to Celia and Brendan. Brendan's an interesting guy in that. What he brings to the table for many people is different ways to look at a situation in your house. How do you dress it? How do you make it look as good as it can look, especially if you're trying to sell the house? Now, the company's called staging companies and, and other, other means by which you can present your house to a buyer, either uh, through the Internet, through some virtual tour, or through actual pictures that you, you place uh, on the MLS, which is the multiple listing service. All of these things are important for you, the seller. Now, as a buyer, if you're looking at things or looking a way by which you can look at a particular house and see a different view, i.e. kitchens, bathrooms, maybe the living room, the the house color, different kinds of fabrics and, and uh, shapes that you would use in that space to make it your own. All of these things are interesting because during COVID, we've seen a bit of a shift as uh, he alluded to, uh, in the way that people not only view their house, but use their house. And all of these things are interesting. I really appreciate Brendan coming on to the show. Uh, nuts and bolts. There are a number of factors when you're thinking about using a, a particular type of product, a loan product. One of the things that is always comes up, especially with these types of borrowers. Now, the reason you get an FHA loan, what is the real reason most people get FHA loan? Because they don't have the down payment. If you had the down payment, it would make sense to use the down payment because you don't have to pay the insurance. So, what is the insurance? People talk about private mortgage insurance. They talk about uh, um, the FHA mortgage insurance. What is it? How much does it cost? And what are some of the uh, downsides? And what are some of the upsides? Um, and so I'm going to just go through the nuts and bolts of that for you here. If you're considering a loan, if you're considering an FHA loan, one of the good things about the FHA loan is that they don't really care about your credit score. Now, the lender may care, but... Ginny May, who buys all the FHA loans, they don't care. So the guidelines for Ginny May say, you know, you can go down almost to 510. Very few lenders do that because of the risk involved, obviously, with lower FICO scores. But if you've had a medical emergency or you've had some other a bankruptcy, uh, a divorce which just wiped you out financially, these credit events which have affected your credit are different from the chronic I don't want to pay my bills person. And there are plenty of those too. However, loan products being what there are, Usually 580 is the demarcation line for a lot of FHA loan products. And of course, 620, 640, 660, anything up to 700, all of that is going to get you uh, the best rate on the product. But you still can get a loan. And one of the reasons you want to do that is because obviously you need a home. You want to get into a house uh, for as cheaply as possible. And the 3.5% down allows you to do that. Now, along with that 3.5% down, you may have gift funds to help you pay that 3.5%. So these are all good things. But mortgage insurance premium. Many lenders allow 5 3 or even 0% down payment for a mortgage. So this is pretty good in that if you have a loan, and you you know can't even afford the three and a half percent you could probably get a down payment assistance programs many states have them counties cities have them these are programs by which those entities lend you the rest of the money and and sometimes 
those particular second mortgages, let's call them, with a really down payment assistance programs, can be forgiven. Check with your local loan officer. Check with your local municipality. A lot of these funds run out by the end of the year, so January, February, March are great times by which you can apply to get these down payment assistance. There's a number of companies out there. Uh, Mountain West Financial is one of them. They do a lot, a lot, a lot of these, and I at Malibu Funding have recommended many people to use them and have used them myself uh, when we broker loans to that particular company. Okay. The difference between private mortgage insurance and other types of mortgage insurance, PMI is known as conventional mortgages. So if you have a loan with uh, insurance for a conventional loan, it means that you have less than 20% down. That's different than an FHA loan. Obviously, with only 3.5% down, it's way less than 20%. So those are the two differences. One is on a conventional loan. One is on an FHA loan. How much is the mortgage insurance premium? Usually, you pay... 0.5% to 2% of your loan amount for your annual mortgage insurance, and that's divided by 12, as you know. So for a $250,000 mortgage, could be $1,250 to $5,000 yearly, and that's you know roughly about $100 to $420 a month, depending on your credit score. So obviously credit score matters. You can get a loan below you know, 620 down to 580, in my opinion, is usually what lenders want to lend down to, but it's going to cost you more. Save up to 20% for a down payment. That's one of the things you can do to avoid paying mortgage insurance. And I recommend, if you can, go that route. Another thing is, you can borrow the money to hit the 20%. I said that earlier in the show. You can, if you let's say you have 15% down and you need to get to 20% down uh, to avoid mortgage insurance, you borrow the money, and that's okay. You can talk with the lender. Let's say you have great credit score. I have an 800 FICO score. I just don't have the down payment at this moment. It's possible they will waive uh, the mortgage insurance premium because you've shown yourself to be an excellent credit risk. Look for special lending programs. Okay, each and every county out there has um, down payment assistance programs. Talked about it. We'll continue to talk about it. It's underutilized programs a lot because most people don't know about it. I mentioned a lender uh, earlier, Mountain West Financial. They do a lot of these. So if you have questions, you can always look them up and call them specifically. Now, a couple things. You can... Make sure, like, we're in an escalating market here. We have about 10% a year we've been making. So if you bought a house two years ago and 3.5% down, if you've done nothing else, the market itself has raised the value of your home to over 20% in the last two years. You need to contact your lender and get rid of that mortgage insurance, uh, especially on those FHA loans. Anything over 80% loan-to-value uh, under 80% loan-to-value, and you can get rid of MIP, but you have to ask them to do it. They're not going to do it on their own. Now, the other thing is, of course, when you get to the point where you have now great equity, but you can't seem to get above the 20% threshold, you can always refinance that property into a conventional loan if you have 17 18 19% in there. The mortgage insurance premium on conventional loans is less than FHA loans, so that's a good way to go. Anyway, I'm Jeff Barton. I'm your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for listening to the show again and uh we'll see you next time you're listening to the mortgage voice with jeff barton for more on today's topic visit www.malibufunding.net